0: Hello and welcome to the White Deer Filmmaking Podcast, um, I am Mark and I'm joined today as usual by Adam. Hello. Hello Adam. Hello, how are you? I'm pretty good, thank you very much. Um, yeah, I'm yeah really excited about this interview today. Um, it is very close to my interests, um, we're speaking to Geoffrey Calhoun who is the the man behind the successful screenwriter which you might have heard of especially if you're in the United States um, industry so Jeffrey just a quick in you know introduction he is um, he's been screenwriting for over 15 years he is a very knowledgeable guy about all things screenwriting and we go into depth about that um, in the interview um we he does have some resources available which he mentions during the interview itself but we'll, we'll um, give you some information just to conclude later when we finish off. Um, yeah, how did you find this one Adam just quickly because I know it's uh, it's a interesting one because it's not massively suited to your level of experience but I think you found it really good and really informative. Yeah, I,
1: I found it really interesting. I didn't have um, masses to contribute from uh, my experience and relating my experience to the conversation but um i'm obviously a fan of uh, of films and tv myself um and that often comes from um a screenwriter such as jeffrey so um i just find it very interesting hearing uh, people's processes and, and hearing how they got to be where they are Um, and uh, it's always just interesting talking to an experienced person no matter what it is I think even even outside of filmmaking it's someone with experience is uh, they've just got so much knowledge to share and um, so that's what I got from it which hopefully even um, will convince people to listen as well even if they don't um, necessarily have that same levels of experience in screenwriting um, as you and Jeffrey, but, uh, but it, it's just interesting hearing things about filmmaking, basically.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's such a, a wide industry, isn't it? And you can get into things that you've never considered yourself being um, capable or interested in doing, but the opportunities are there. Hence why I I personally love the industry Um, and I know on a similar level, I've always been interested about cinematography, even though I'm not a cinematographer and I never will be, it's always nice to hear a massively different side to what technically is the same industry. So yeah, um, we won't (laughs) build up any more um, tension for you. We'll get right into the interview. Hope you enjoy it. Here's Geoffrey. Right, so welcome, Jeffrey. Um, it is an absolute pleasure to have you speaking to us today. Um, do you mind just introducing yourself and a little bit about you and what you do and the topic that we're talking to you about today?
2: Oh, absolutely, yeah. Well, thanks for having me on, first of all. It's a pleasure. Um, mm-hmm. I am Jeffrey D. Calhoun, a screenwriter, uh, instructor, uh, best selling author of uh, The Guide for Every Screenwriter which is an all-encompassing reference book on the subject of screenwriting. Uh, It's everything you need in one book. Um, And I also run the Successful Screenwriter Podcast, which is a podcast where I interview um, anywhere from celebrities to screenwriters that are breaking into the industry and figure out and and learn from them the unique paths and ways that they found success. Uh, And so doing this... It allows me to kind of have my audience see different ways that they can break in as well mm-hmm. fantastic
0: um, well, just to give a little bit of context, do you mind saying how you started in screenwriting and and how you found this this passion and this career that you 've chosen
2: yeah i 'd be happy to it's a it 's an odd path I've had. <laughs> um, i 've had I was started out as a bet so I was uh, I was uh, working with a friend, and uh, he was an editor on a um, a show on TV, a local show on TV, a kids show, and he was in editing on it. And uh, he wanted to try and test his screenwriting skills, and so he uh, listed a challenge of who would want to do this to help him motivate. So I'm a kind of a, a competitive guy, so I was like, I'll do it, you know. So and and I'm and I was like, what am I thinking? Because I'm I'm dyslexic. So I was like, okay, let's try it. So I uh, learned screenwriting and uh, we both wrote like these treatments. Um, And then we compared and uh, it was cool. It was a good experience. And then I just kind of left it um, in the kitchen and my wife found it one day. She goes, this is really cool. And she goes, you wrote this? I go, yeah, I really liked it. And um, so I kind of dug a little bit deeper into screenwriting, wrote my first spec, fell in love with it. Um, and then just fell down this rabbit hole, man. Of about fifteen years <laughs> later, here I am. <laughs> <So>.
0: <laughs> yep, I have the uh, the exact same feelings towards it. It's it's just a magical thing when you found the fact that that thing that you really enjoy. Um, so yeah, well, it's like it's, falling, it's like, really, like finding yeah. your calling,
2: right? You know,
0: absolutely. Yeah, like
2: you don't know yeah. it you find it, and I always think like that whole bet was just kind of like the like divine intervention intervention like hey stupid this is what you should be doing and like oh my god and then your eyes light up and you're like yeah now it's my life's work and uh, and i'm so thankful for it you know when you find that one thing that um makes you shine and and then you can do that to help other people um along the path and that's kind of what's really that's really what i strive to do
1: mm. would you say uh okay. there's there's any particular genres that uh, you're most interested in writing?
2: So, you know, screenwriting is really interesting because you can get kind of pigeonholed as a writer, just like actors can, just like directors can, you know, you can be like that thriller writer. Like I was known as a thriller, thriller writer, but I can write anything because for me, I feel um, genres are just sandboxes you play in. Um, but it's your voice that matters and how to, how to, um, use that genre to create something unique. So I, I, have written comedies, I've written horror, I've written, um, you know, uh, I, uh, like Hallmark style films, uh, sci-fi, all kinds of stuff. So I, I can stretch those muscles, um, but but getting pigeonholed, in it, no. I didn't know. I'd say for me, my passion is the art of screenwriting itself. Learning it, being like that forever student, and and just constantly getting better, learning myself, and then trying to help others along the process as well.
0: Interesting. Yeah, it's very interesting. Um, and uh, this actually comes on to a really good question. I think uh, we have a, another. Uh, festival co-runner and uh, podcast uh, host that isn't with us today, Alistair. Um, And I said that uh, we've got you coming on. And I asked him if he wanted to join us because he he writes as well. Um, Unfortunately, he couldn't make it, but he he gave us some questions. Um, So I think it ties in quite nicely with what you just said, um, with it being that the writing first and the joy of writing is above – genre or anything specific just kind of stretching the muscles and exploring lots of different avenues yeah. um, but one question would be in your in your experience is it the the story or the characters which are uh, most important when writing a new script and developing something
2: yeah that's a good qu- so should I dedicate this answer to Alistair
0: it would be yeah I think so he'd love that yeah. <laughs> Sorry,
2: this one this one's for you Alistair um, so, you'll hear a lot of screenwriting gurus out there, they'll say, um, character is the soul of the story, right? You'll hear that. Um, and, and it's true. But here's the problem if it's only character that's the soul of the story, then we don't have anything to say with the story. And that's the big problem. So, you can have really interesting um, uh, films about character, character development, they're exploring character, um, but it doesn't go anywhere the story kind of meanders about and some indie films can be very um, guilty of this. Um, So I always like to say um, for me, building a building or developing a script goes in layers and I call it, I call it the script pyramid basically, but it starts with your concept. Then it goes with your theme, then your character, then your supporting characters. And I think you develop a script that way. So if you just start with character, you've already missed two essential cornerstones of the, of the screenwriting process that needs to be developed. So I think having a theme is essential because what's the point of writing a story? We're storytellers. Every story that has meaning, every story that has legs, every story that lasts generations, it has something to say. I mean, that's why we still remember things like, you know, Oedipus or Homer's Odyssey, you know, they, it's because they were saying something. It just wasn't about some dude that made some really bad decisions and pulled his eyes out. I mean, it had a lot more to say about that. So, um, uh, so developing the theme, having something to say, I think, is essential as well when it comes to um, to developing a story.
0: Mm, very interesting. Is that, the, is that um, detailed in your book?
2: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. In in, in the guide for every screenwriter. So the really cool thing about, about my book is I call it the biggest little book in screenwriting because it's not real thick. It's not real. It's not real heavy. You're not Mm going to have a headache when you read it. You can read it in one sitting, but if you've never written before, Or even if you have written before, it starts you with the very beginning of the process and walks you all the way through it. So if you are an advanced writer, you'll pick up things like, oh, man, I forgot about that. Oh, I didn't even think about using subplots that way. If you're a brand new writer, it gently brings you into the process. And by the end of it, you can actually write a screenplay. Because I even cover even like formatting, things like that.
0: Perfect. Brilliant. Yeah. No, I mean, I, um, cause see when we started talking, it, we got onto the idea of us di- kind of discussing what, what, um, things you would like to promote yourself. And sure. obviously the book was one of the main things that y- you mentioned. Um, and yeah, I spread been, the gospel. Well, <laughs> well, exactly. But I think, I think what, um, what strikes me about you, Jeffrey is that you're, advice for people is very much geared towards um so sometimes you get a difference between kind of looking at the the artistry of of screenwriting but then there's there is also kind of what it what is the thing that's going to help your screenplay sell because i think one of the one of the factors that people do often miss is the fact that screenplays Mm. You can write them just for yourself and to enjoy them, but if yeah. you want to sell them, there are particular things that you need to do, and yeah. that's what really what 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 I really enjoy about the way that you promote yourself and everything that you do.
2: Well, um, I, I I think that's yeah, I think ahead. that's interesting, um, Mark, uh, that you're picking up on that because you'll get different schools of thought. So you'll get you'll get mm. guys like me, and they will um, wax screenwriting philosophy. <laughs> Right, so they'll yeah. discuss screenwriting philosophy, and they'll get real deep into story, and, and 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 talk about these things. They get real heady with it, um, but it doesn't, it doesn't. That doesn't take you anywhere. You you can't sell that theory. You have to be able to be, you know, knee deep or elbows deep in this process. To be like kind of that that practical screenwriter almost. And and so that's that was the driving force for the book is that I wanted to create something. That could speak a truth, but simplified so that anybody can understand it and read it and kind of peel back the secrets and mysteries of the business um, in a way that hasn't been done before. And I mean, because I didn't want to write this book, guys. I I wanted to buy this book and read it and uh, it it didn't exist. And so I was like, well... I guess I got to write this then, you know. So then, so that's just what I did. I mean, I created a book that didn't exist and and fill that market with it. And and there there is a section on there. Um, I think it's titled "What Comes Next." So you write the you write the screenplay. And and now what? So I, I talked to you about branding yourself as a writer. I talked to you about building those connections, networking. I even discussed why the querying process isn't what it used to be and, and how the results of that um, shouldn't be what your entire career hangs on. So it, it is a very honest look at the industry, especially as an indie screenwriter. Um, but you have to have... A tenacious kind of attitude when it comes to um, this business Um, because you just hit walls after walls after walls Um, everybody says that I've made it they'll say um, all the industry is doesn't have any walls up it's it's not there to block you we want new fresh things and that is true but you have to get through the walls with your new fresh thing to make it it's not like you walk in with this amazing script and everybody goes oh we're going to make this tomorrow no you have to get through things so i mean i hope that answers the question yeah
0: it does and it it brings me back to um i read two of your blog posts which i think quite perfectly summarize what 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 you've what you just said um the first was um don't remember the name, but it's the one where you compare yourself or or the act of being a screenwriter to that of being like the Terminator, and being <laughs> tenacious and, and really powering through and that is what you do and that is kind of who you are. Uh, yeah. And then the other one, which is, please do not be that screenwriter. Um, <laughs> and I read it and I was like, exactly. There is, there is so much more than I think just having a great story because there are a lot of talented people but it is a business so you you have to consider that there are other ways of of getting to that end goal that you want to get to and the hoops and the walls that you have to break down or jump through unfortunately you you have to consider them um and if you don't then well
2: (sighs) Yeah. You're that screenwriter. Yeah, well, you, you have to do your time. You have to put your time in, man. Yeah. Um, those blogs, those blog posts, thanks for reading them. They're on the, um, the successful screenwriter.com. So they're on, they're on my, um, they're available on my, uh, my website. So, um, and I, and I, and I write these blogs and it's not just cause I'm just trying to create content. You know, some guys, they just, they just want to create content and no, I mean, cause my blogs are getting a ton of hits um, and it's because you just have to speak truth to people and people have to be able to see it. But when, when I um, develop and, and and write these blogs, I always try and come from an aspect of positivity and hope because there can be a lot of hopelessness in the screenwriting process and even... Um, when you're coming through it, trying to just make a little bit of a name for yourself. Um, and so I want people to feel that hope. I want people to feel like, yes, I can get through this. This guy understands cause he's been there. Cause I have, I mean, I, I was just a dyslexic dude from Detroit. I did not come into the business with any connections. Um, it was all about just writing really, um, well received screenplays putting them on the festival circuit like the white deer fest putting them on that on that festival circuit getting out there making connections and trying to build my brand and and through doing that and staying within that um that that market allowed me to start you know getting a name for myself and then from there people started asking me uh, you know, for help. I mean, there was at a film festival I was at, you guys will appreciate this. I was at a film festival and, uh, it was, it was, uh, it was in a different country and, um, and I, I didn't like any of the films. So I was just like, I'm not going to sit here and watch these films. They're, they're just, I can't do it anymore. So I just went into the lobby and hung out and there's a director like struggling over a script. And I said, Hey, you you know, why don't you let me look at it? And so I looked at it and I gave him some pointers and blew his mind. And so then. Later that day, I had people running over to me with scripts. And they were they're <laughs> uh, script doctoring in the lobby of the film festival. <laughs> and this is before I, I started my own uh, my own script doctoring company at WeFixYourScript.com. Um, so then I just started filling that niche and I start and you start getting a reputation like this guy can do things that I don't even think about. And so it's just kind of um, branding yourself that way and creating value for people. Um, is where you start to kind of turn that corner and once I realize like I can help other people i can I can provide them with value of of what I can do um, then you start kind of getting their reputation
0: i mean it's it 's a wonder that you find time to write at all <laughs> with <what we>, um, <laughs> all the things you have going but it, i mean it all as I was saying before we we start recording they all fit into one and and like you say it creates that brand and now, people know you as yeah. being the person to go to for, well, everything regarding screenwriting. Um, but it can't have been easy. Uh, I think you're at a stage now where you would say that you're you're really happy with where you are. You are able to help people. Yeah. But it, it can't have been an easy thing to get to. Um, what were the, the things that you really, that blew your mind, that opened the door for you
2: to? Uh, to would know, say it's it's a good question because I don't my I was on the phone with my cousin the other day. I grew up with my cousin, I love him, uh Matthew. And um and we were on the phone the other day and he said you need to stop and look where you're at. Um because because I, I don't. I just keep going forward. I said, like, stop and look where you're at, dude. Like really see what you've done. And and I and I try and and I appreciate the level that I'm at. I I I I appreciate it. I try and enjoy it, but then I pull my head right back down and I get back to working. I don't. I don't. I'm never going to be the guy who sits on his laurels and just be like, "I'm good where I'm at." Um, I'm going to keep going. I mean, I put in 60 to 80 hour work weeks. That's that's realistic. Um, I'm always here. My kittle. Knock on the door, come in and make sure dad's alive, you know, this check and, and and then go back to, you know, playing Gears of War or whatever. So uh so you know, I'm around, but no, I I I am I you have to be hungry, man. You, you can't you can't just sit down and be like, okay, I did it, I'm done. Like this, like screenwriting for me is a lifelong process. Um, my wife is so cute because she she has specific goals for me. <laughs> so so I'm just trying to hit those for her. Uh so says it's, it's, it's adorable she like buys me like little awards and stuff like this you're gonna win this one. I was like, okay, you know and that's it. so she's so she's she's pretty awesome um so uh but no, I don't i'm not like i'm not out trying to win that Oscar or anything like that. I'm just trying to um help people through this path because I know how hard it's been and and I have hit low man i mean I have had. <sighs> I mean, just brutal feedback where you're, where you're physically, where you're you're not physically, you're, but you're, 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 you like, you feel like, um, like you feel like you're being hit, you know, where they're like, they're attacking you personally and, uh, and, and you feel it and it hurts. And then you want to give up. And I went through those stages where I was just like, I don't think I can do this anymore. Um, and then you, you find your support group, whether it's writers or friends and, and you lean on them and you, you rely on their support to pull you through it. Um, and I didn't have anybody that I could look up to in this sort of way, um, in my career until I hit about the midpoint of my career. And then I found a mentor that I could really lean on. And then, and then like he just blew my mind. And so I went from there. So then I started going, okay, how do I really get out there and start showing people that, you know, there, this is how you can do it. And whether it's from their first day um, or where they're advanced, I can, I can help other people be that guy. Cause you know, when you go through like brutal periods and you come out the other end and you can, and you can show success is possible, you, you know, you want to be able to pay that forward to people coming up after you to show you like, this is how you can do it. And it, to me, it's, it's the best thing I can do is to help other writers. It just feels good. I had a, um, a young man, uh, his mother called me up crying. And uh, he, he's autistic. And he had gone to screenwriting school um, and didn't understand the process after the class. And so she was really upset. Um, and a friend of theirs recommended, recommended my book. So he read my book. And, uh, and then was able to write his first screenplay. And then him and Mama were writing it together. I um, mean, she called me and, she, and, and they were like, you know, we, we had talked about it. And, 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 and she was like verklempt because like her son was able to get through the process. When I hear things like that, I mean, God, it hits me. Like I'm getting a little emotional, but it, it, hit, it hits me because like that's why we're here. You know, everybody wants to sell a screenplay and make a buck. That's fine. But if you can touch somebody's life, that's a whole different thing
0: yeah oh, it's, it's um well i mean it's it's a really good good um message really uh, around that uh, that yeah. idea of helping people and it's 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 an interesting one because i suppose people maybe well, i've personally heard that you know writers should have a chip on their on their shoulder or something or or so or, 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 or hunger to, like to, to talk want to, their to, guy. to achieve <laughs> like well to yeah talk to i know it's an it, i i'm not so sure about it but it the, the idea of of one of it being a very inclusive craft.
2: Well, um, I think I want to explore yeah. this, if you don't mind. I'm not trying don't to take forget, over your yeah. show. Yeah. But, yeah, no, no, but if you hit me with something like that, I mean, uh, so uh, there's a difference between being that jaded screenwriter, the chip on your shoulder, which is, which is that blog post I wrote, don't be that screenwriter, mm. versus um, having tough skin. Those mm. are not the same thing. Mm-hmm. They are not the same. You can have tough skin where you understand where you are in the process. You also understand that this is a subjective art. So Mark may not like my script. Adam might love it. Thank you Adam for liking my script. You know, we're going to be we're going to be cool. Mark, you know, I appreciate you taking the time, sir. Like that that is the attitude it should be. But to be that angry screenwriter, that bitter screenwriter and be like they're all against me. You know, I mean that you are not going to find success that way. You are actually guaranteeing that you won't because in this business, it is a relationship business. Yes, that is said to death, but I don't think people understand what that means. What that means is if you work with a director or you work with a producer or you collaborate with another writer like Mark and Adam are doing on the White Deer podcast, if you guys collaborate with each other, you like each other. So you are going to try and help each other's career in any way you can. I'm collaborating right now with a very dear friend of mine. We're working on a script um, and and she has context that I don't have, and she's willing to bring me along on that path because she's a dear friend of mine. And we love working together, like love writing. With Joanne, she is beautiful and it's a beautiful process and, and and she's willing to work with me on that now, if I'm a bitter screenwriter and angry and, and frustrated and upset, who's going to want to work with that? nobody so but if I put out there some work and I do. I put out work and people don't like it. that's fine i I get the notes, and you have to look at the note and say like, "What are they trying to say?" that this script might be missing. And so what you do is you remove yourself from the process and it becomes about the work. It becomes about the project, not about Jeffrey's delicate feelings because he wasn't hugged enough as a baby. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, none of that matters. No one's going to care about that. So um, yeah, I think that's the, the, that needs to be said.
1: I think as well, you, yeah. in my experience, you over time build up, um, kind of experience with dealing with that criticism. And, and obviously you get better and better as you go through your career and you get like more mature at dealing with that, um, criticism and taking yourself out of it. So there's, there's always that. Um, yeah. I think you always, absolutely th- there's always going to be an element of, um, I I was actually speaking to someone about something similar today um and he said a great thing which I think cuz we were just talking about how you can uh if someone's kind of um throwing comments at you about about your work and uh, it not being very positive um Obviously, you can you can take yourself away from it and and not be as sensitive, maybe, and, and be mature and experienced about it. But to some extent, some of those comments are going to get through. And yeah. I think um, the the good thing that that he said to me was that if someone's thrown mud at you, your some of it's going to stick, but yeah. you can wash it off, and that just kind of gives you permission, I think, to. To not be kind of even more downtrodden by the fact that that some of it is actually hurting a little bit, but but yeah. you know that you can kind of come out the other side and uh, and do something with that and and make it, turn it positive. I think.
2: No, I think you're. I, I think that's uh, great advice they gave you. Um, as you grow through the through the craft over time experience is the best teacher. And you start to learn that, um, uh, that you need to have thicker skin. And Alex Ferrari from the indie film hustle calls it shrapnel. I think is an appropriate term. Uh, cause, cause that guy knows. Um, so the, the, I think the thick skin is good. Will it sink in? I mean, I mean, sure. But eventually you, you have to separate you from the project, right? Um, I don't want to say it this way, but you are not your writing. Um, the The script is the script, and eventually you have to look at it because you have to look at is what in these notes will make the script better? What in these notes will make me better as a writer? Yes, they could say your face is ugly and all these things, and that can hurt. and I, <laughs> and I've had crazy notes like that. So I know I've sat there and it sends you into that crisis, but eventually when you turn that corner and you start looking at it from that that perspective, it helps.
0: Hmm. So, um, just to bring it back to your book, Jeffrey. Sure. um So, obviously, there's there's it's a guide for people that um, at all stage stages of the, yeah. the screenwriting process. Um, do you? I, I'm sort of want to relate it to. Um, I was in a conference about um, writing rooms yesterday. Okay. And I think there's some things which. Maybe are quite similar um, that they were speaking about the strengths and weaknesses of each um, individual writer in, in a writer's right. room. Yeah, um, and is it is it a thing uh, at all whereby ideally you would like everyone to be at a certain standard of screenwriting, like the craft of of writing um, or formulating a script a manuscript um document whether it's formatted correctly written correctly um, when i say correctly obviously i mean um, industry like the standard yeah exactly yeah so is it is it would you say in your experience kind of a factor whereby you just expect or it's difficult to formulate the question i suppose um but uh, would you expect people to be at a certain level and then it's you can allow criticisms of like their subjective work and things like that do you sort of understand what i'm saying No, i
2: understand so you're yeah. talking about the um the the level of experience that you're mm. rece- the, the the level of level of quality mm. coming from a read. I think is what you're trying to say. So yes, yes, the quality of notes you're getting from somebody.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you've done that perfectly. Thank you. Okay, you understood good. me when yeah. I didn't.
2: Oh, good, bro. I get it. <laughs> uh, so, um, with the quality of read, it, that is a that is a very good question because there's a couple of ways to answer it. So you can have the mindset which uh, uh, Kevin. Kevin Han, who works with us at uh, We Fix Your Script, says that that when you get notes from anybody, they can be considered um, on the level's equal of equal view, even if they're not, just because somebody who doesn't know what they're doing can stumble upon a good note. Um, they could have a good idea, and then you can look at that and go, okay, most of this is trash because they know what they're saying, but this one note actually makes sense. That's good. Now, that's... When you're dealing with peers, okay, it's when you're dealing with writer groups, um, free coverage, things like that. Now, if you're paying for coverage, that's a whole different ballgame, bro. If you're paying for coverage, you want somebody who is quality and knows what they're doing. So, how do you know that? Well, there's plenty of services out there and services that you can use, um, just like us. Like we fix your script, we do notes. Now, here's the difference between quality notes. And and notes that are not, do they put their name on it? Is it anonymous? Because if you're getting anonymous notes, and there are companies out there that are prominent that will give you notes, and you'll pay a lot more than what I'll charge um, for anonymous notes, why would you trust that, that coverage? You don't know what you're getting. You don't know who that person. Is. Are they an intern? Have they been doing it for 15 years? You don't know. So if they're not willing to put their name to it, that's that's my first concern. Here's my second level of concern. Are they predatory? Because there are businesses out, so you, you know, you got to know, and this business, there is an entire level of um, predatory businesses built around the desperate screenwriter, an entire level. Um, it's unscrupulous. And, and it, and it really bothers me. Um, and so How do you know if they're predatory? Well, you just kind of have to look at their business model. So is everybody getting a similar review on their script? And then for an upsell fee, they'll, you know, upsell you to come back for a new set of notes after the rewrite, and then you get it a slightly better, a slightly better rate. Well, what they're doing is they're hooking you to bring you to come back to make more money off you. So they're scoring you low on purpose they're being hypercritical on purpose. That's a big problem. Um, and then that's a business model. I don't like it. Um, are there notes actually worth anything? I mean, are you getting notes that are actually making you better or the script better? Cause you'll get a lot of notes from these businesses and I call them the, I feel notes, the, I feel that your story. And my big thing is I don't care how you feel about my story. I want to know what I need to do to make my script better. You can keep your feelings out of it. Um, so is, are there notes actually improving or, uh, or an opportunity to improve my writing, or my writing in general or my, or my script in general? Um, and so that's another way. So like when I founded WeFixYourScript.com, I put, our, I put an about us page on there. So, you know, everybody who works with us as a staff writer, you know, everything they've done, you know, everything that they're part of. Um, So that, you know, if so-and-so is giving you notes, you know, that they won the World Series of television or, you know, that they are a produced writer or a best-selling author. Like, you know what you're getting. So, you know, the value that we are providing. And then the other thing is, like, when you get these notes from people, they give you the I feel notes. I mean, that tells you if they like it or not. They might stumble on a couple of ways to fix this script, but they usually just say, this doesn't work for me. So what we do is we take a mentorship um, perception perspective a mentorship perspective, when we give notes. So we say, this is what's not working. This is how you could make it work. This is what's working. And then we even do a follow-up for an hour with you where you can hit us with, with questions on how to give it there because- we're invested in you as a writer, which then invests in you as the script, or invests in your script as well. So that, I think that are ways that that you can see like what a quality read is. Uh
0: okay, interesting um that's leads me into my next question cool. um I know we are approaching time and i've I've got thousands of questions, so I'll try and um let me see form this not into... even know
2: i mean i can <laughs> I can go a little bit longer than an hour for you guys. I want you guys to have a good interview, so if you want me to well, go longer, I can go a little longer for you
0: extremely generous um well, let's see how we get on. I'll try and um boil this this one question down into five or six different questions into one um so it's about your your book the, like the contents guy. um well <laughs> we'll see if it goes out goes well um Aye. so in in your your book obviously i i i think the best advice is to, for people to just read it um, yeah. as you've said already it's, it's, it's i mean not it, you can so listen thick, to
2: it too if
0: you want yeah well <laughs> exactly yeah um, <laughs> um but there's uh, we're going back to Al here uh, he had some questions and i absolutely echo the questions that he had um so in your book do you advise people on things such as like what makes compelling character um, how to avoid too much dialogue and is there too much dialogue and yeah. how to write action scenes and things like that or is is it is it mainly that the the technical or how to formulate a script no example. it
2: covers all of it i mean there's character development wow, brilliant yeah um mm. so it's the, the ultimate
0: script. guide as you said
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah it's in the book i know what
0: man. i'm reading tonight yeah
2: <laughs> no the cool thing so here's the cool thing i did with the book and i actually think you'll get a kick out of this um have either of you guys ever played like tabletop gaming dungeons and dragons love it like that? yeah 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 all right so uh guilty old DD gamer from way back in the day uh so I took basically like a Dungeons and Dragons character sheet and then I remodeled it into how to build a screen, how to build the character for a for screenwriting. So I actually I have a whole list of of attributes and questions that you can ask about this character to fill out that will design your character for you. Mm uh-huh. hmm. Fantastic! Yeah,
1: this yeah. is this is um, kind of the perfect podcast for me because Mark <laughs> is really fascinated uh, with with all of this stuff as a writer should be, and I'm fascinated as well. But I can just sit back and listen as a listener and let let Mark <laughs> be interested. And, and talk it was the complete opposite stuff. last time when it was on <laughs> camera. I didn't know if that was or Barney so. or
2: what over there. No, so, uh, <laughs> I, I just,
1: <laughs> I, just uh, I mean, I d- mind is blown. I've I've <laughs> not really written anything as such. I'm I'm the the visual person, the visual. <laughs> yeah, DP. but you tell the story
2: yeah. visually. See, yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's just, the same thing.
1: That's why I'm interested, but I don't have much um, many questions going as technically as as Mark can. But I, I am interested though, like to, <laughs> as to how um, uh, this a bit going off a, a bit uh, from Mark's questions, but how where, where do your ideas hit you? And how, and like, where's the, is it always coming from the, the, the same kind of starting point? Does it always come from this character would, would work well in, in this scenario? Or is, is there like a li- little gem that you can
2: kind of expand out or, it, or is it just yeah, so, random? No, it's a good question. So, um, you know, are you writing on spec? Or are you writing on contract, right? So if I'm writing on spec, I might want to explore a genre. I might want to explore a character. And so then I will build a script around that um, to to practice and, and just, okay, what can I make out of this? Um, that's spec. If I'm writing on contract, producer comes to me, Director comes to me and says, "I have this idea. You know, I, I like your voice as a writer. I'd like to bring you onto this project." I say, "Okay, what is the project?" And they tell me the project, and I go, "Okay." Then the second question I ask myself is, "How can I make sure that I can make this project succeed? What, am I bringing anything to this project so that I can so that I'm not wasting anybody's time?" So The last thing I want to do come onto a project just for the money, write a write a terrible script, take the money and run. And then they hire somebody to rewrite it. It's the last thing I want to do. I could do that. I don't want to do that. Um, so I always make sure that I'm coming on to a project for the right reason. Um, then after they tell me the project, the idea, whatever it is, first place I go is um, what am I trying to say with this story? So I hit the theme because usually, usually the director or producer comes to me with a concept already. They already have the concept. So I don't have to to find that. So I go, what is the thing? What am I trying to say with the story? Because I know if I can come up with something to say to the story that speaks to a universal human condition, right? So if I come up with a story that speaks to to like a type of pain that we've all felt like loss or fear or, um, you know, something like that, um, solitary confinement, you know, something that, that people can get behind, then I know that I can, I can create, um, something that will speak to everybody, which then broadens the market and the appeal already. and that's just looking at theme. Now if I can come up with a character that can embody this theme through through the story, now I have an, a, a physical embodiment of the, of the theme. And if I can create a character that I know can resonate with an audience by developing, um, aspects about them that are not even likable but sympathetic or empathetic so how do i make somebody that i can really get an audience behind now i know i've got something now now it just comes to putting the pieces together getting the antagonist deciding the journey i mean if you think of what your favorite movie is do you have a favorite movie yes yes Okay, well, uh, I don't know if I've read it, if I've seen it, but but what is it? Where I'm cold well, reading you now. We're gonna, I'm gonna tell you your your.
1: <laughs> well, I I, I think uh, people like us, um, like, uh, well, I don't know. Not that's a generalization. It was horrible, but um, uh, I have a favorite comedy movie, which is a favorite a favorite film that I watch most regularly, um, and then I have other favorites. But uh, does it have the a one title? That- the one that I watch most is "I Love You, Man."
2: I love you, man. So we can go that, for something a
1: bit more dramatic. That is Paul. Paul, Paul Rudd, um, yeah. right? Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd yeah. and Jason Segel. Yeah, right.
2: yeah. And as a main character, what do you like about him? Uh, there's something with him that you identify with, and you've never really considered it. But there's yeah. something about him that you identify with. What What is it?
1: I guess uh, relatability.
2: That he's he's kind of an everyman, I think. He's in every man, but this is what else he's stuck. Mm. He's in every man who is stuck who wants greatness, but is too scared to get there. How many people do you know are like that?
1: Uh There's a ton of everybody. You walk (laughs) down
2: the street, every every other person is going to be like that. Everybody wants greatness, but they're scared or they're comfortable in their life and they're intimidated and so they can't get to it. So so that's the theme, right? And then he, as a character, embodies that theme. So now we automatically understand this guy. We understand his journey. We understand what he's going through. So now how do we upend that? Will we bring in this crazy dude that totally upends his life to show him how to live? Right? And so that's what that is. Now we bring in the guy who does that. And so through the relationship, they do that. Now, the guy who bring in is a hot mess. So he's the exact opposite of our main character. And in some aspects, he's almost an antagonist. But he comes in, he shows like, this is how you can live. So at the same time, he's not even being responsible. The guy's other, overly responsible. So the relationship that we like about them is that they heal each other. Now, how many people. How many relationships have you had where you were damaged in a particular way, that person was damaged in a particular way, and you were able to find um, heal, healing together? And, and that's what makes that, that film beautiful. Now, people don't look at it that way. They go, oh, I liked it. It was funny. Right. That's fine. Subconsciously, that's what you're seeing. Subconsciously, that's what your brain is interpreting. And that is what our job is to do as writers, is to entertain, yes, but also to grab people on a different layer. I mean, you're a cinematographer, right? So you're going to deal in subtext, like I would writing, but you're going to deal in visual subtext, which is storytelling. And visual subtext is is how how do I tell the audience that if I put the the central character on this side of the screen, they look weaker. If I put them on this side of the screen, they look more powerful. You're, you're, you're talking to them visually, um, subtly, to the subconscious. We do the same thing through our stories. So it's all storytelling, man. I, I hope that that kind of helps.
1: Yeah, and, and I think, um, uh, yeah, in terms of cinematography as well, uh, it's, Probably not known as uh, massively in depth. Uh, like comedies, typically aren't aren't known as um, to have great uh, in depth cinematography. But what you've actually just made me think of there is all of the other films that are kind of in my top three. Say, probably actually have the same concept as well with the the yeah. kind of the guy that's lost. Yeah
2: um so i'm not breaking you
1: down <laughs> i broke adam
2: i'm not breaking you down dude not at all i'm just telling you this is the universal component that you like about it now if that says something to you personally and you feel that in your heart then as filmmakers we have done our job and this leads us all the way back to the beginning question of the podcast about theme right so so there you go. I mean, I can watch that and I can take something from it as well. Now, there's times where you can take something away from a, from a movie that the filmmaker had no idea they were mm. trying to say, right? And you take it away. But yeah, absolutely.
1: I think as well, it's uh, like you say, yeah, it, it depends on when you first watched it as well and things like that. And that that's how it gets held um, in your heart kind of thing uh, As as I watched it kind of uh, with yeah. one of my best mates so it's yeah. kind of it is a buddy kind of film as well um so yeah it's it it's an interesting kind of topic yeah. but yeah it it uh pulls you in for those reasons i think and and uh and, and that you it, see and it spoke to you
2: it. at that time like my favorite yeah. film my favorite film was the fountain and the fountain was one of my favorite films and it's about death I mean, you know, (laughs) it's coming for everybody. But I hated that film when I first saw it because my grandpa had just passed and I watched that film and I was furious because watching that film made me deal with his loss in a heavy way. Um, And then uh, after I got through that process, I realized how much I truly loved that film and that Arnofsky film in, in aspects helped me through his loss, which is crazy to say that from a movie, but it really did, and because of that, it's one of my favorite movies, but at the time, I was furious, I soaked hiswa because I was going yeah. through the process of grief, so yeah, yeah, I mean I mean the filmmaking is beautiful man
1: see i don't, I, uh, I, go, I go straight to "I love you Man," because it's a comedy uh, that I watch regularly. I kind of yeah. wish i uh, i had I love that you man on a
0: fountain in a very different film yeah. <laughs> But that, well, that's my yeah. other
1: ones, like like uh, like Mark knows. After talking about um, one of my other favorite films, is Demolition um, with Jake Gyllenhaal.
2: I actually haven't had a chance to watch that one, but I know it did really well.
1: Yeah, it, it uh, was it
2: was it was loved by people.
1: Yeah, I I really love it as well, and it's uh, by the director of Dallas Buyers Club as well. And I don't, it, yeah, it didn't. Uh, I don't yeah. think it came out in many places in the uk which is a shame but uh, well, this, i think that's... the
2: screenwriter the screenwriter who wrote that um actually wrote a script and never got produced or made and then he spent 10 years i think he spent 10 years as a bartender and then he wrote that film and then that film wow. took off if that tells you i mean that right there <laughs> explains everything right yeah. how long he can... <laughs> so...
1: what about, i think i um... think
2: i'm accurate on that i might be wrong but i think i remember reading that um when that film came out so
1: what about uh, TV? Do you do you like TV as as much as films? Do you like that big long kind of? Uh, yeah, arcs? so
2: I think long form narrative. So television is like, so so. Let's get this clear. Screenwriting is the most difficult literary art you'll ever do. It is Sc- uh, television screenwriting is the hardest form of screenwriting. It's like if you're a television writer. And you can write that long form narrative. It is, I, you have my respect because it is not easy to do. Um, Do I enjoy long form narrative? I do. I really like it. I think it can pull you in. It can get you going. Um, I watched the queen's gambit on Netflix. You know, I had to binge that, that, that show. Um, But here's the really cool thing about binge watching. It's actually a psychological process. So if, you want if you binge watch a show, your brain rein, reinforces it through the release of endorphins and you actually become addicted to it. Um, so there's actually a psychological effect. So now they now they try and develop shows to purposely make you binge and become addicted, become addicted to a show. So screenwriting in, in, in general is like, okay, now how do I hook this guy? You know, so it's like we're like pushers on television. So, you know, uh,
1: it's a science. Someone that I, um, I I uh, have listened a lot to as a um who is a writer is uh, Damon Lindelof. Yeah. And um, uh, and he uh you probably know as well had a podcast uh with Craig Mazin I think um talking about Watchmen his, his yeah. series version of that and uh I found that incredibly interesting as well and and the the narrative that he made out of that um coming in years after the graphic novel. Um... It's a
2: brilliant show. I mean, Lind- Lindelof is is uh, he's got my respect. I mean, the guy's amazing. And and he's done some great work, you know, and, and consistently. So, I mean, he's just doing it. And uh and, but I, I liked Watchmen, I thought. I thought Watchmen was groundbreaking. Um it really was. And then it, after everything that happened, um it was almost um Uh, it was almost foreseeing the future, which is crazy when it came out. And I don't know Uh, if people have really acknowledged that,
1: but yeah, it was pretty amazing. So I agree. Well, that's what, that's what I try and tell everyone, but yeah, Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I can't, it's it's just ahead
2: of his time by like six months.
1: Yeah. Uh, And I can't get over the fact that like, uh, uh, that how um, he can tell a similar uh, narrative kind of thing um, on, what was it, 30, 40 years after the graphic novel and, but tell it so currently kind of thing. Yeah, I don't um, think
2: anybody could have done it but him, to be honest mm. with you. So, I mean, he just nailed it. The guy, I just respect it.
1: I've just started watching The Leftovers um, off the back of watching Watchmen. So um, I'm excited about that. I've heard great things about that as well. Oh, very good
0: think one of the interesting things about TV uh, and um, if I'm right, this is one of the other things that you, you mentioned that you w- was kind of where you found your, your pathway was in subplots. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I suppose with it being a longer runtime, a, a season of a show, uh, there are either more subplots or more complex subplots potentially that could be wrong. I see you shaking your head. So maybe we're we'll no, not
2: in that aspect. I think it's, it's two different things. So um, okay. I'm known as a subplot guy for features because I developed a system of subplots that um, coincides with how subplots interact with the main plot. And that, it, that really hasn't been done before. Um, so, so that's what you can find in my book. Um, now with television, subplots are a little bit different because Again, it's a long-form narrative. So, if you're doing a feature, you're going to have your central character, their main plot. In the feature, you'll have a supporting character subplot. You'll have what's called the heart plot, of and then you'll have the the antagonist plot. So, those are your your plots. Now, with with television, it's different because each episode could have a different subplot, and the subplots depending on what character your supporting character you're trying to develop at that time. It's also going to depend on the theme of the show. It's also going to depend on the conflict of that episode. So the subplots can vary accordingly. And then the other issue is the main plot can, can, can change. So you can have, I mean, if you want to use game of Thrones, you can have one uh, episode where Jon Snow is the central character and he's dealing with that conflict, but then you can have another uh, episode where it's, um Daenerys Targaryen and she's the central character. And so then subplots will change again. So it it's they're similar. They're both fruits, but to me I interpret them as apples and oranges. Interesting.
0: Yeah. No, that's a, that's a really interesting to think about. Um it's it's quite uh, fascinating. One one the, the biggest question that I've come away from with speaking to you is um it it sounds as if that there is this quite um, consistent formula to screenwriting. And I think some people, I've seen it in comments on YouTube videos and things related to screenwriting, that some people, and it might go back to please don't be that screenwriter, some people try and battle against that formula aspect. But is it as simple as if you follow certain formulas you're at least going to give yourself a chance to write a consistently good movie. Is is that an accurate way of saying
2: it? Okay, so uh, like structure is what we're talking about now. So we're talking about screen screenwriting structure. Um. All right. So the way this is, I I, I don't want to like give you a history lesson, but I'm going to give you a history lesson. <laughs> so I think that's the the best way to walk you through this. Okay. So the Hero of a Thousand Faces was first written by Joseph Campbell. I want to say it was like 50 years ago, really long time ago. He created something called the Monomyth. Now, what he developed is something that he noticed throughout all cultures is that historically their religions or their traditions of um, heroic characters all had the same journey. So he created it called the Monomyth, which is what you'll hear called the hero's journey, right? Um, and it, it is very involved. It's a lot of different steps. It's a lot. It's a lot to develop over a hero's journey uh, towards transformation. Now, Christopher Vogler came in after that and adapted Campbell's monomyth into writing stories um, specifically because Campbell's was an analysis of stories. Vogler came in and 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 wrote. Um, the writer's journey, which is, which is an adaptation of, of, of Campbell's monomyth. And he did it for writing so that you could write a story. You could write a screenplay with it. You could write, um, uh, a novel with it. And he discusses different archetypes of heroes and supporting characters, very involved. It's a lot of, it's a great book. Um, it's a lot of study. Um, but again, a very long process of, of creating, um, uh, a hero's journey, which is awesome. Um, so from there it gets watered down again, um, but it gets watered down into two different branches. So you have um, Blake Snyder who writes, save the cat and basically takes knowingly or unknowingly. Cause I, I, don't know as he's, he's no longer with us, but knowingly or unknowingly takes the writer's journey from Vogler and waters it down into the 15 beat, she from save the cat right that's what he does okay so then you have Sid Field comes out with the three-act structure so you'd almost see like a branching coming off next to it with the three-act structure which is another simplified version of of the um, of the writer's journey of the hero's journey it's just slightly different and then you have several other systems branching off below those of simplification so what's been happening over the past 50 years is that you've had the monomyth and then somebody comes in and whether they claim they invented it designed it or not doesn't matter it's 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 a watered down version of the original monomyth so you go from the huge monomyth to 15 beats and then if you want to look at my structure it's nine beats I actually walk you through that process of where structure comes from so so mine is nine beats. It's nine beats that you can use. I call it the nine point main plot outline. Um and and I did it that way on purpose and you could think, okay, why is it overly simplified? Um because if you have a structure that is too defined, then you end up having um like you say, a formula. And if it's formulaic, then I know what's going to happen next. And if you've been using the same formula for 20 plus years in writing, then the audience knows what's going to happen in the next beat. And so they are no longer surprised. They are, over, they are more educated on the process. So I actually watered it down into nine points that are essential for a character's transformation, but still allows the writer the freedom to be able to add their own creativity. Interesting, yeah.
0: Uh, it's funny how... I think Adam you found this that everything that we're talking about has connected to something that we either noticed recently or because it's in our careers we we take interest in it so uh, I watched something today about the Wachowskis and how their film The Matrix um, they used a very similar formula in Jupiter Ascending and a few subtle differences meant that it it didn't work. Yeah. Um, and it was to do with how they presented their world and the character and, and things. Um, so yeah, it's really, it's, re- it's really interesting when you do look at the history and kind of the, 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 the structure of well, something. I, I teach this yeah. in
2: seminars and when I teach this in seminars, I always watch students' heads kind of pop and little light bulbs go off. And I always love that because that means you're resonating. And, 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 and that's the goal of this stuff. Um, you know, you have, um, a structure for a purpose. And the whole point of this structure is just a series of guideposts. That's it. Because as a writer, you mm-hmm. need to know where you're writing to. If you don't know where you're writing to, um, then what happens is you can meander a bit. And it's it's what's the difference between what's called a plotter, which is somebody who writes towards plot points, or a pantster, which is somebody who sits down at a at a computer and writes at the, uh, at the seat of their pants. Now, the problem with being a panster is yes, you are total creative freedom, but your story's gonna go all over the place and it's not gonna have a defined narrative. It's gonna, you're gonna have weird act two subplots that don't make any sense and then your character will have some kind of matching moment and they'll complete, that's the problem. Now, if you have a set of guideposts that you can write towards, your story, your story stays on track. The big issue I have with plotters who overly plot is now they're not allowing creative freedom of the process. So if you have a writer that sits down and is constantly looking at their um, plot, their their outline as they're writing, they're not allowing themselves to be free and to actively um, ignite that frontal cortex creative process. So what I say is write your outline, then take it, put it away, and then write your script. So in the back of your mind, you already know where the goalposts are. You can start writing, let that frontal cortex kind of kick in and start creating some cool stuff. Now, if you start deviating too much, then you can go refer to the outline and say, where am I at? Am I on track? Do I need to change it because I like the direction it's going or what? And then you can kind of determine from there. And that's that's always my suggestion.
0: Okay, interesting. Cool, brilliant. Sorry, Adam, I interrupted you before.
1: I was just going to say uh, that it it's... Uh, again funny me being here and uh, listening to this conversation because as uh, a <laughs> um as a cinematographer i now want to read your book and um to help me understand when i read um when i read scripts and oh, i think you. like that uh i think have i always like to kind of have an understanding of um of where the work has come from and, and, uh, or where I, I'm the kind of person who, um, likes to do a lot of research and, and work things out. So I think, um, I think having an under, having, having more of an understanding of, of, uh, screenwriting would be helpful for more yeah. people than just screenwriting
2: uh, screen. No, I appreciate that. That's, that's a, that's a big compliment. Um, yeah, the book's on Amazon, the guide for every screenwriter, but I mean, you could always listen to the podcast, the successful screenwriter podcast, um, because I'm interviewing actors. I interview directors, um, and producers, people, of all kinds of, of avenues. And then I get their perspective on screenwriting and then we, we, we tackle it from there. So I'll get like an actress perspective on screenwriting. And, and I always think that's important. Because because writers need to understand how actors think if you're going to write for an actor, yeah. Mm. So that's good.
1: Yeah, it's very interesting. Um, well, we've we've covered uh, a lot of the play, places that people can find you throughout the podcast. Um, but uh, but do you want to kind of like um, sum up by saying uh, where people can follow you on social media and um, and a final word? Oh yeah,
2: word? sure. Um, my God, I don't really. Remember. Okay. So Facebook is <laughs> at the Successful Screenwriter. Twitter is at Screenwriter Pod. I think we have a Pinterest, which is at the Successful Screenwriter. And Instagram is at the Successful Screenwriter. So, and you can find all those at at um, the successful screenwriter.com. You go on there. And the kind of the cool thing about the website is I have like... Um, over 60 screenplays of of Hollywood's biggest hits free to download. So you can actually go on there. You can read screenplays for free. I've got instructional videos and and, and interviews um, on there for free. I have a whole library of books that people can go on and they're recommended. I have courses on there that people can check out, um, the podcast and of course the blog, which you guys Red, thank you very much. I appreciate you for checking it out. So there's all kinds of really cool resources on my website, designed specifically to help screenwriters. Fantastic.
0: Um, yeah. Well, well, we'll direct everyone to that. Uh, thank you so much. I, I realize we are over time, but uh, thank you so How much for staying. How dare you, sir? <laughs> well, time <laughs> is precious. Time is precious. As as is a runtime. Oh, I really and appreciate being on. A thank you.
2: I'm 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 honored.
1: Uh, thanks for listening to that. That was our interview with Jeffrey. Um, th- I, I just thought it was really interesting, like I said in the intro, um, and what a wealth of uh, experience he has and, um, and also resources that he has to offer as well, uh, and um, different bits and pieces that he uh, wants to help people out with. Um, You'll find a lot of those in the description and on our website, um, and we'd encourage you to go and have a look um, because there's some really good and interesting stuff there.
0: Absolutely, and I do have um, the successfulscreenwriter.com saved on my bookmarks just to just to go to. I mean, it's um, what Jeffrey is doing is similar in a way to the sort of things that I have looked into not at all directly related but the idea of just being you know like everything you do being so kind of wrapped up in a nice little bow and all of it is connected it's just really really great to have a really nice example from from Jeffrey there so if you go to his website you'll see that straight away that everything is there to, to geared towards screenwriting and helping with that Um, and he does have a really really cool blog which I would encourage you to read Um, just gives really nice insights into sort of things that he's offering and the sort of messages that he's trying to get across so really would encourage people to to go and look at that. Um, Yeah, we'll put all the descriptions below. The Successful Screenwriter.com is the main one that you want to go to and that has everything sort of connected through it so if you remember one thing it'll be that, the Successful Screenwriter.com
1: and if you've okay. got any questions, yeah. comments, oh, feedback, yeah, you can uh, send them our way at podcast at whitedearfest.co.uk um, or find us on social media uh, or go to all our of website <laughs> as yeah. well. There's, yeah. there's always um, links to all of the all of our podcast guests on there and we are interested to hear what everyone thinks um, and what uh, what type of podcasts you'd like to hear next
0: absolutely okay well until next time have a great life it's <laughs> <laughs> gonna say have a great day but it's probably gonna be more than that but yeah have, have a great time everyone see Bye. you